Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Throughout the St. Louis region, our sidewalks are a mess. Sometimes they're too narrow or they're blocked by other objects. They're bumpy and rickety and sometimes covered with ice and snow. What's a pedestrian to do? And for disabled people, bad sidewalks can be a particular problem. If you think it's hard navigating St. Louis on foot, just try doing it on crutches or in a wheelchair. And so today, we want to talk about those bad sidewalks. What's gotten them to this condition, and are we doomed to them staying this way? Joining us today to talk about this problem is Cindy Mentz. She's the CEO of TrailNet. That's the nonprofit organization that wants to, quote, foster healthy, active, and vibrant communities where walking, bicycling, and the use of public transit are a way of life. So, Cindy Mentz, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. And we're joined by David Newberger. He's St. Louis's Commissioner on the Disabled. David, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And finally, we're joined by Kara Wirtz. She's a city councilwoman in Kirkwood, and that municipality is participating in the National Complete Streets Coalition, which wants to make roads better for all users, not prioritize drivers. Kara Wirtz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So, Cindy Mentz, I want to start with you. When we told our listeners we were talking about this issue today, we got a huge response. And just about everybody had a story about how bad their sidewalks were. Are the sidewalks in the St. Louis region really in such an awful state? Or are we just a bunch of complainers? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it um, it really is local. You know, you're most concerned about the sidewalk that's near you. Just think about the ice we recently had on our streets. And you want to make sure that it's clear in front of your side and your your home. But it really is looking at the the system, the network. Is it serving the needs of all users? And so, yes, we do have a problem trying to meet the needs of all users um, so that they have equal access. Now, David, I know you yourself use a wheelchair, and and you also advocate for people in that position through your job with the city. Um, What do these problems mean for somebody who uses a wheelchair? Well, um, if you happen to be someplace where there is a curb all the way around the block, what you have to do is either not leave it or go find a driveway. So years ago, before we had curb ramps, it was very common for people in wheelchairs to jaywalk from alley to alley. That's so got to that be dangerous with the drivers dangerous. in this town. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely right. But but people find solutions for themselves, and, and we always support our, our disabled friends to, to, to work that out. But there is a major amount of infrastructure work that needs to be done in order to make the city truly accessible for people with disabilities. Kara, I'm wondering, you know, living in the city of St. Louis, we often think of some of the nicer suburbs as, oh, everything's just easier <laughs> there. It's where the sun shines and they have picket fences. <laughs> Are your sidewalks better in Kirkwood? Um, no. You know, we... Um, <laughs> along with other suburbs, have been so car-centric for so many decades that um, sidewalks have always been last on the list of things to throw money at, to throw infrastructure at. So, yeah, there's definitely a region-wide issue there. Um, I'm wondering, as a city councilwoman, if you've looked at this, what does the law say about this? Like, do we have to have a sidewalk that is, is passable for all? Ooh, that's a great question. So it definitely depends city to city, um, kind of where your priorities lie. And I think that's one thing in Corkerwood specifically we're looking at 
how do we look at all users of these roads and sidewalks, not just the cars anymore? How do we look at kids on bikes? How do we look at the disabled? So um, I think that's a trend that's starting to kind of take shape that I'm kind of excited to see. Um, David Neuberger, um, dealing with the idea of the American for Disabilities Act, and that has opened up so many buildings um, to people who have um, disabilities. What are the rules for governing sidewalks for something like that? Well, uh, we define uh, what's called an accessible route. And that route uh, means that you can roll a wheelchair or you can use a walker and you can get from one end to the other. And that includes, for example, at intersections, curb ramps that will give cues to people who are blind and low vision about where the other side of the street is. There's a whole set of guidelines that have been published by the feds, and we use those whenever we do new construction on sidewalks or rehab work on sidewalks. But uh, we have 2,000 miles of sidewalks in the city of <laughs> that, St. Louis. That is a problem right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and we don't have as large a tax base as one anticipated. So th- this is an issue that we have to continually address, uh, but probably not in my career will they be fully solved. So the way the Americans with Disabilities Act works, if somebody's putting in new construction, they have to make sure those sidewalks are up to speed. The city doesn't necessarily have to go around retrofitting all 2,000 miles right away. That's right. Uh, Well, I mean, the ADA, people don't understand this very much, but the ADA takes a gradualist approach. It recognizes that cities don't have the money to do everything all at once. Uh, But by the same token, the ADA is about 30 years old this summer. And so some of us are thinking, well, you know, maybe it's getting to be time. It's been three decades here. (laughs) Right. It it really requires um, consistent hard work and the persistence of activists like David to get this this work done with ADA improvements. People are just all too willing not to even think about this. (laughs) <laughs> I see you kind of nodding a little bit. Well, here's a, here's a great example. So let's say you want to um, you want to paint the crosswalk in front of in a, in a street or at some connection where you're like we would love to see a continental that zebra striped crosswalk there. In the city, you need to update the curb ramps at the same time that you would upgrade the crossing, and so. Now you've added more expense to it. So sometimes that, you know, having it packaged together, it's great. But if the resources aren't there, then sometimes they just won't. People will do nothing. Yeah, will do nothing because they don't have enough. Is that what you find? um, I I think that's right. Uh, But by the same token, the place where it really comes to play is if you resurface a a, a street, a block, then you have to spend no matter what on the curb ramps okay. uh, to get them going. I'd also like to point out, if I can, that a lot of curb ramps in the city are what we call diagonal. And if you think about it, if you come off a curb ramp and you follow the path of that curb ramp, you go straight into the intersection rather than going across the street. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is to have the curb ramps aim better to across the street because not only is it people who can see who know where they cross the street is, but it's people who are blind or have low vision and they can get thoroughly lost in an intersection. And what's the reason for um, past uh, curb cuts having been done that way? It, it was cheap. Oh, <laughs> say no more. <laughs> yeah. Kara, is that also an issue in Kirkwood or do you at least have your, your curb cuts pointing towards the crosswalk? Uh, well, we're, we're fixing some of those, but that's definitely okay. still something we see. And, and 
And even when you do fix them, you still get some pushback on the drivers because, well, now we have to take a larger right to get through there. Well, it makes it safer for pedestrians and those using the ramp. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I want to ask our listeners if they'd like to join the conversation. We're wondering, has a sidewalk tripped you up in your neighborhood? What would you like to see change? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. Or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.com. Org. Um, Richard on our Facebook group page, he said he was glad we were discussing this today. And he writes, there's an old story about before curb cutouts existed. As their necessity was being discussed that they would give greater access to those who use wheelchairs, the mayor at the time questioned the need and replied along the lines of, I never see people in wheelchairs on the sidewalks. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you wonder what was first, chicken or the egg. He says it was after this that St. Louis became an early adapter to have the cutouts. David, are you familiar with the history there? Is that story true? Well, not only is that true, but one of the things that the Board of Aldermen did was they required for every inner section, one of them be made accessible. So <laughs> there were three quarters you couldn't get up, but there was one you could. <laughs> At least they had that one. <laughs> and, and the idea was that eventually the others would would be done. But money is really a driving force in all of this. Well, and we also realize that more people benefit from those curb cuts. So you may have been thinking about people with disabilities at first, but then it becomes people running, people with strollers, work carts. It it opens up opportunities for everybody when you put in the curb cuts. They sometimes call that the curb cut effect. I want to go to the phone lines. Michael is calling from Kirkwood, actually. Um, And Michael, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, Good morning. I'd like to thank David, Cindy, and Kara for the service you're providing, not only today, but I know all the work that uh, you folks have put forth over the years. Well, well, thank you Um, for that, Michael. Um, I understand you've interviewed lots of people on this topic. You actually heard from a man in Kirkwood in a wheelchair who was struck seven times in five years. Can you tell us about that? Yes, that's correct. I'm I'm associated with a, a volunteer group here in Kirkwood, Safer Streets for Kirkwood. And in polling last year, I ran across a young man who was uh, in a wheelchair getting ready to cross the road. And I started to discuss with him the the entry to the, to the road. And he made the comment he's been struck seven times in five years in Kirkwood. <sighs> and I, I, for a moment, I thought I misunderstood him. He explained to me what the problem was. By not having bump outs in Kirkwood, along Kirkwood Road... He is, especially with today's SUV heights, He, when he enters the right-hand turn lane as he's crossing, he's been struck because people don't see him. He's down too low in the wheelchair for these big rides to see him, hence the problem. Michael, I, I see David uh, is nodding as you're saying that. Yes. Um, um, and, and that problem is exacerbated with the right turn on red situation because people look to their left to turn right and if there's a pedestrian coming from the right they don't even look back they just start driving when the street is clear and Kara, as a, as a Kirkwood uh, City Councilwoman, do you want to speak at all to what Michael's saying he's heard? I mean, it's interesting because Kirkwood is seeing kind of the same trend that we are regionally in that um, the pedestrians and bike, biking accidents, crashes that we're seeing with cars is actually higher than statewide and nationwide. So I think 
not only in Kirkwood, but in the region as a whole, we need to start looking about how we're using our sidewalks, how we're designing these streets, because we're obviously, it's broken, you know, and um, there's going to have to be a lot of changes. Yeah, I think it, it really is a symptom of a, a, a larger transportation equity problem that we have and years of disinvestment. Um, so sidewalks, they're really just a symptom of a larger um, lack of investment in our infrastructure to meet everybody's needs, um, especially in low-income neighborhoods as well. And, you know, speaking of this issue of, of pedestrian deaths, I know they declined in the 80s and the 90s, but I'm told that they're back up today. They're currently 15 percent of motor vehicle fatalities. And I have heard a lot of talk where people want to blame the pedestrian for that. They're saying pedestrians are walking around on their cell phones um, and that, you know, if, if the pedestrian would just pay more attention, this wouldn't happen. Cindy, I'm wondering, do you buy that as the cause of why these deaths might be up? Um, as you can guess, I don't. Um, um, so there are many factors that, that um, come into this. Vehicles are larger than they used to be. People are more distracted with the onslaught of cell phone technology. The more plugged in you can get in your car. I mean, some of the newer cars have a, a screen almost as big as what you have in front of me right now, your computer screen. And so it is very distracting. Um, and Missouri is one of only two states that allows you to drive while talking on the phone and texting. Wow, one of two. Missouri and like Montana. That might be one of the things here that's that's causing this increase. Um, we heard from somebody on Twitter named Everybody's Mom, and she writes, the sidewalks in our neighborhood are egregiously cracked and bumpy and not great for anything on wheels. But what scares me is letting my kids walk to school alone is the cars and the drivers who don't stop at the stop signs. Maybe the sidewalks aren't even the biggest problem here. So um, we're talking sidewalks right now with Cindy Mentz. She's the CEO of TrailNet. We're also talking to David Newberger. He's St. Louis's commissioner on the disabled. And we're talking to Kara Wirtz. She's a city councilwoman in Kirkwood. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back. We're talking about problems involving sidewalks in the St. Louis region today with Cindy Mentz. She's the CEO of TrailNet. And we're talking to David Newberger. He is St. Louis's Commissioner on the Disabled. And Kara Wirtz, who's a city councilwoman in Kirkwood. If you want to join our conversation, we'd love that. Uh, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. We're wondering what bad things you've seen in your neighborhood and if you have any questions for our expert panel. You can also send us a tweet at STL on Air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, it's fair to say from all the people we've heard from on social media that construction projects are a huge concern. Um, Christy, who's a member of our St. Louis on the Air Facebook group page, she actually first put this topic on our radar a few weeks ago. I do want to plug that page. We get some great story ideas from our listeners who are a part of it. Um, and when we told her we were going ahead with today's show, she wrote, I'm amazed at how building construction sites can completely gobble up sidewalks to expand for their benefit. For example, Kings Highway Boulevard between West Pine and Lindell, and Sarah between West Pine and Lindell, to name a couple. Other cities require construction companies to create a temporary sidewalk. These are highly walked places with bus routes. I just don't get it. And um, Jerry uh, Connolly writes, Forest Park between Spring and Vandeventer is an abomination. Two sites opposite one another have no accommodation for pedestrians and other sidewalk users. This has been brought to the attention of city officials numerous times. 
STL Sidewalk Czar, who you can tell from that title, this is someone who's really into <laughs> sidewalks, says, please mention the 3700 block of Forest Park Ave. Both sides are closed to pedestrians next to a college campus between Grand and a bunch of disabled services on Forest Park west of Vandeventer. It's been this way for months. It's been reported to the city. Nothing. So, David, I'm wondering, what are the rules when we've got these construction projects? Well, uh, for, first of all, uh, the particular case on Por- Forest Park that he referred to was a mistake on our part. Mm. Uh, we granted a permit to close one of the sidewalks, and uh, people just w- weren't thinking, and, and now we basically can't get out of it. And so, because hopefully, they were given the permission, it's yeah, you can't take and they it away. Planned around it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the city realizes that one is a problem, and yeah. that's I mean, okay. people make mistakes. It would have been me <laughs> making the mistake, but uh, the. Uh, in general, uh, we are working in our complete streets effort to try to uh, improve the construction s- situation. Right now, what th- the city has largely done is just said, use the opposite s- side of the street. Uh, and, you know, that may work, may not work. Uh, and we see in other cities people b- building uh, temporary streets in in one of the lanes of, for traffic that w- with curb ramps so you can come down and go up. Uh, and that's something, as we become more dense in construction, we may need to do. Okay. I want to go back to the phone lines. Uh, Mike is calling from St. Louis. Hi, Mike. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, Sarah. And a great show because I uh, use the streets a lot. I tend to ride bicycle on the sidewalk, which I know is against the law, but when everybody's on their cell phone and not paying attention to me, I'm going to take my chances with with being admonished uh, versus being killed. So anyhow, a lot of the sidewalks, the newer sidewalks now on the corners, they have like rails that contain you. So if you walk to the left or the right accidentally, you can trip over the edge of that that rise that they sort of like a little wall they put around entrances in, in across the streets. Um, Mike, I'm, I'm, if there's, I'm, I'm if actually there's, not familiar with those. Can you give us an example of a place where you've seen those? The Grove has a few of them, and there are quite a few around, and they tend to be the newer construction, and it looks kind of pretty because it defines the sidewalk, but it, it, it kind of, it's, I mean, you, you can easily trip or kick or catch the wheel of your bike if you're using the bike okay. uh, on and, the and, edge of and, Mike, I actually see David nodding. He knows what you're talking about, even though I don't. David, right. what, what is the point well, of these the, things? That... When, the word that we use with them is return curbs. And, and the curb is on the street, but then it comes up the side of the curb ramp. Uh, and uh, those are very much a, a, a solution that is less favored, uh, and we're trying to get control of them. The, the alternative is to flare on each side. Uh, and, you know, that that's the best way to do it. Is some, this a, a cheaper solution for a developer? Uh, no. It, 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 I mean, some people just think it's it, it's more communicative. Uh, on the other hand, I think it's a tripping hazard. Uh, so you share Mike's <laughs> concerns here. Yes. But, but there are occasions, for example, if you have an inlet on a corner, that you need to have that return curb because you can't flare, flare next to the inlet. So there are some times that you have to do that. But... It ought to be less frequent than when we've had in the city. Uh, Mike, that was a great question. Did David answer what you were wondering about those? 
Well, it, I'm, I'm curious because I'm, uh, I've lost one eye, so my depth of field is, is a little bit problematic sometimes, but I'm not blind. And I was thinking maybe these curb cuts are for the blind people with sticks so that they can feel the edge. And that makes sense to me, but even though it's like a tripping problem for me, but is that a possibility? Um, some people might argue that. We're, we, we think in the designs there are other things that give blind people a good indicator of how to get across the street without those return curbs. So okay. we're, we try to avoid them. But I must tell you, for example, in Laclede's Landing, where we're doing some new sidewalks, I mean, they have to put in return curbs because everything is so close to the buildings and the sidewalk is so small. So, so that's the so, only design option there? Yeah. Okay. Well, Mike, thank you for that call. Um, I did want to say we put up a Twitter poll about 24 hours ago asking folks about their pet peeves when it comes to sidewalks in their community. We gave them four options. We had to limit it uh, because of the design. (laughs) Here's what we heard. We heard from more than 200 respondents. 5% say their top issue with area sidewalks is the narrowness of the path. 6% say a lack of curb cuts is the biggest problem. 44.5% say it's the uneven surface. And an equal number, 44 0.5% say their top issue is just a total lack of sidewalk. I'm wondering for our expert panel, Kara, what's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to sidewalks? Oh, man. <laughs> um, you know, it might be that last option, the winning option. It's the lack of sidewalks. And maybe not even just what you would normally call a sidewalk, but just the creative and accessibility we don't have for walkers and you know you just heard the gentleman call in that says he bikes on the sidewalk because we aren't providing him other safe routes Mm -hmm. um and so i think that's just my biggest pet peeve and frustration cindy what about for you well i would i would say i would agree with with kara um it really requires collaboration and alignment of resources to get these continuous sidewalks so for instance a municipality or the county might have a policy that says every time um that, that they're going to prioritize maintaining the sidewalks they have. Well, what if you're in a community that doesn't have sidewalks? So sometimes we have policies that kind of reinforce the haves versus the have-nots, and it seems prudent on, on the surface, but it isn't. So like the city's 50-50 sidewalk program, where the city will pay 50%, but the community has to come up with the other 50%. If the community doesn't have that money, they're not going to access it. Yes, I, I think that the city needs to rethink the 50-50 solution for putting in sidewalks. It, 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 again, how much money does the city have? But if you don't do a sidewalk from intersection to intersection, uh, you get all kinds of weird things that are constructed. They don't match. They don't fit the design standards, and uh, they don't get maintained. So that's something the city is thinking about right now. I do want to touch on that, actually. Kirkwood actually just moved to 100% that we cover the costs. About two years ago, we went from a 50-50 to 100. So and things are better in the summer. Yes, yeah, right. Um, no, because we still don't have the funding. And, um, you know, and if the other policies aren't there, like you said, if the county isn't going to help out with some other stuff, then the burden's on the city itself, and, and that's another struggle. And Kara, I know we mentioned um, when we introduced you that Kirkwood is really trying to think about this in Mm -hmm. new ways. Tell us a little bit about that initiative that you're a part of. So there's a few different ones we have right now. One is called the Complete Streets Consortium, where we're working with Joplin in Eastern Jackson County, Missouri. And they're just kind of teaching us how do we build our communities to be more walkable and more accessible, um, kind of rethinking not just the sidewalks themselves, but the buildings that surround them, the way we um, get input from neighbors. And then 
we're also looking at implementing Vision Zero, which is um, of the push, the data push, basically, to ensure that we have zero fatalities on our streets. Um, and how do we build policy? How do we build community outreach and public interaction to ensure we're becoming walkable and accessible to all users? We heard from a few more um, people on Twitter. Alex Price writes, I don't have an issue with sidewalks. I have an issue with excessively wide roads and constant prioritization of the car. Also, poor land use policy, lack of street front retail, new buildings with setbacks and parking lots, or the occasional historical building uh, torn down for a quick trip. Justin writes, really, the biggest problem with the sidewalks is the side of the road, the size of the roads adjacent to them. Uh, Catherine writes, we need to shift how to think about sidewalks here. Sidewalks serve folks just like roads do. The level of service should be the same. If a road became impassable, we'd fix it. Sidewalk goes to the bottom of the list. We have a mostly intact sidewalk grid here, and we should use that as an advantage. Newer cities have to build from scratch or retrofit. We have the infrastructure. We can be a walkable city if we just commit to the darn thing in a real way. <laughs> do we actually have some advantages over newer cities in that we're, we're built? We- well, I, 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 th- I may be stereotyping a little bit, but I see a lot of suburbs that, don't, uh, that the developers haven't put in sidewalks at all. And the city is built on a grid. So there, there is definitely a network of sidewalks. It needs maintenance, but it's, it, it, the grid is to our advantage. And one last question here today. If people have um, complaints about sidewalks, what is the most efficient way for them to deal with that? Is, I know it's different in the city, different in Kirkwood. Do they just need to go right. to City Hall? Well, the, I mean, people can and should, uh, for the city, uh, contact the Citizen Service Bureau. They can come in electronically or they can come in by telephone and and make specific cases. We work on them. Yeah, the other thing is activism. Complete streets, um, policies are important. The St. Louis County has an action plan that you can participate in. And unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, Cindy Mentz, CEO of TrailNet, thank you for joining us. David Newberger, St. Louis's Commissioner on the Disabled, thank you so much for being here. And Kirkwood City Councilwoman Kara Wirtz, um, thank you so much for joining us today. This is St. Louis on the Year on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.